welcome back to another Reading Radio podcast. This is Laura. And I'm Jason. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Please try to share this with your other with other people. And if you go to our website, reading-radio, there's a link to our private Facebook group where we can where we decide what books to do next and have discussions about the books. Yeah, most of us the adults right now, uh, so I know a lot of kids your age aren't necessarily on Facebook. But if there are, and you guys want to join in the conversation as well, we keep it you know, PG. You know, keep it th- keep it clean for the kids. Um, we understand that a lot of the kids reading these books with us are probably getting to be in their teen years, and so PG is probably appropriate in that case. All right. So, what's our book this month, Laura? We are doing Maisoner by James Dashner, the first book. The first book. First book. All right. So this was Alora's pick. It's a newer book. She's been raving about the series now for a while, and I knew absolutely nothing about it coming in, other than the fact that it was uh, a Hunger Games ripoff, which is what I thought, not what it actually is. <laughs> Just kids in danger kind of situation, right? Everyone compares it to Hunger Games. Because they came out about the same time, and it's a kids in danger for their lives kind of situation. It's not quite the same, but... It's there. Which one do you like better? Because we've done both for the podcast. Which one do I like better? Now, you put me on the spot. Let me think about this. (laughs) Um, Right now, because I only read the first one, I think I like Hunger Games better. But I like a story with a little more political intrigue, and the first Maze Runner game, first Maze Runner book doesn't have that. I think I've read the rest of the books. I'm in the middle of the last one. I think Amazoner is my favorite. Really? Okay. Yes. Well, I'm going to have to read the second and third because your sister wants to know if she can read them and I've got to read them first for her to make mm-hmm. sure that everything's okay. So what attracted you to this book? One of my best friends would not stop talking about it. And it's something that sounded interesting because the third movie just came out. I saw the trailer and it seemed kind of interesting. So I decided to ask if I could read it. I got the okay. So I read it. And it was pretty much the fact that um, she started talking about it and wouldn't stop. And I didn't want spoilers. <laughs> so it's just a shared experience kind of story? Yep. And see, that's that's why we tell people to share this thing. Because a shared experience makes a book so much better. Being able to sit down with my daughter and discuss these books. I, I probably would read it and be like, eh, this is a book. I'm just going to toss aside. It's done. But the fact that it helps us to build a relationship. We were like... We were at the grocery store, and Mom and Zoe went in, and we stayed out and talked about the book. Yes, that was fun. Right? And so it just gives us something to talk about, and we can bring up as adults uh, deeper topics to start good good conversation along the way. And so it's just made this whole reading thing a lot more interesting. I haven't read fiction in a while because I've been burying myself in personal improvement and that sort of stuff. And I love young adult juvenile fiction Mm -hmm. era because they get to the point. They don't drag things on except for J.K. Rowling into a bunch of stuff that you don't necessarily care about, like some adult fiction does. So, I've enjoyed it. It's been great. I really like sci-fi books. This is the genre that it is in. I thought we should do more sci-fi books for the podcast. We should go back and try to do Ender's Game now. Oh, you're a little older. We could try that out. That would be a good classic. Um, We did have a request, and I think it's a legitimate one. If you do sci-fi fantasy, we really need to hit The Hobbit. We need to do... Um, I, I won't force you to read Lord of the Rings. I know I'm going to get crucified for this online, but <laughs> Lord of the Rings is worth reading once and then just watch the movies because you, Tolkien needed an editor so badly. It's not even funny. Although people had maybe longer attention spans back then because they didn't have TV. Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's the problem as well. All right, so first impressions on the book. Can you read? think back to when you first read it? I was kind of confused in the beginning. But I think that plays well along the thought of the book because it's written in third person narrated by Thomas. 
He was completely lost in the beginning. And that's the same way I was. Wait, is it third? I thought it was first. Whichever one it is where he's narrating it. It's first person. Thomas first is narrating. Person. Yeah. So I thought that was clever because I was completely lost as well as him. Yeah, and that's... A, what about you? There's a name for that, and it's totally slipping my mind. Somebody else out, out in the internet who's listening, scream it, and it'll come back in time to get to me. Uh, where you learn along with the character. Harry Potter has that same experience. Mm-hmm. He knows nothing about the wizarding world, and so you're learning at the same point he is. And with this kind of world, you're learning along with the main character. Uh, a lot of move, a lot of books just toss you right in, and you got to pick up the pace because everybody knows things you don't yeah. know. Um, I can't remember what that device is called to be able to write along with the, the character and learn. But yeah, you, you, he opens up. In case, we didn't, in case you haven't figured this out, we're going to spoil the crap out of this book. So if you haven't read it yet, you're a month behind, go back, read the book, come back and listen to the podcast. We'd pre- and then come tell us about it on the, the private Facebook group. Uh, we are open to the scene with him just being in the box. Yes. And coming up through the glade into this opening and... Everyone's just staring Everyone's around just staring at, him. at him. I find that part hilarious. It's like, someone yelled an insult at him, and I thought that was hilarious. Me and my best friend joke about this part all the time. Yeah. It never says who said it, but someone yells, he looks like a clunk in a t-shirt. In their, la- in their, in their language, clunk means poop, or yeah. the other word. Yeah. It was hilarious. We joke about that part all the time. So this is a clever thing that I, I've never seen a kid's book do that I recall. I'm going to think about it. A lot of sci-fi TV shows make up their own swear mm-hmm. words so they can get past the censors. <laughs> so you can't swear on TV, but you can use this made-up word on TV. In fact, let me think about it. No, the cartoon Recess had a whole thing where they womp, because that's what it was. Uh, this womps was their their bad word that they made up. Now, actually, the teachers actually got on to them and tried to ban the word. And they had a whole big thing about censorship. It was an interesting story. But this was the first time I think I've read a, a story like this where they get a little more into it and add their own words to the language for the sake of having that language. Because a bunch of boys, I'm sorry, there's going to be a bunch of swearing, but in a young adult book, you maybe don't want that. I mean, but it's clever the way they set that, that up. What do you expect from 50 kids from 13 to 18 stuck in a tiny quarters for two years? Right. Yeah, just trying to survive being stupid. So I, think, I thought the author did a good job of bringing everyone up to speed, um, kind of what's going on, why things are the way they are. I got super frustrated along with Thomas. Because they didn't answer the questions. Yes. Oh, well, t- you'll learn. You'll learn. You'll learn. I know. Okay, I'm sorry. Tell me what's going on now. <laughs> I just woke up with a, and with no memory except for you know my name and moving along. Come on. That drove me nuts. That was like the only <laughs> part that killed me. But I thought that's clever, though, because you don't know anything. And not everyone did know a lot of stuff. Like Chuck, who was there, he was there a month before him, didn't know very much either. Right. You could st- you could, there's not that much to know. Fill people <laughs> in. I'm going to get off that topic now. What was the, there was a question yesterday. We said we should save this for the podcast, and I don't remember what it was. I hate when that happens. <laughs> Who was, uh, what did you think of uh, Galley? Let's go with that. There, I thought he was a total, like when I first read it, I thought he was a total jerk, idiot, why was he there? Yeah. But going back and knowing. No, 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 I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> he's, a, he's like a Draco character, right? Yeah. He's just like a jerk, um, a little arrogant, but on the other hand, he knew Thomas. He had remembered him because he'd gone mm-hmm. through the changing. And so there was something there where he was a, he was a sympathetic bad guy. 
he wasn't strictly the jerk like Draco was. Yeah. Although, I guess in retrospect, you get to learn why Draco's such a jerk, too. But you're like, oh, something's bothered. Something's under his skin, and it's it's getting to him about Thomas. And we don't know if he's right or wrong like, at mm-hmm. the, by the end of the first book. So, I don't know. I'm still anxious to see what happens. Well, Thomas him. does kind of admit that Galley's suspicions were true. By the end of the book, Because he, he, yeah. he ends up putting himself through the changing. Yes, and he knows that he helped build the maze, so yes. he was a part of the problem. We don't know if he was forced to. We don't know. I mean, he's a kid. If adults are trying to force him to do something, then... He doesn't really have anything, no leverage. Right. So then, and the next day, the token girl character shows up, Teresa. Um, I totally think she was just added in there for the... Have a girl character to be with more kids to read it. Do you think... Okay, is that just based on your... Views of the first book? Views of the first book. Okay. Yeah, that it seems that way for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, suddenly he realizes it's all guys, except for this one girl showing up. What did you think of the scene when she arrived? I had some inter- some thoughts there of thinking, trying to see things through your eyes. I thought it was hilarious, because um, Newt and Albie went into the box, and then they both just kind of stood there in silence. And everyone was, was yelling, what's going on? And then this Newt said, it's a girl. Mm-hmm. And everyone was completely shocked. And then people started yelling, like, is she hot? Stuff like that. Yeah. What, did you think that was appropriate? Well, they're guys who haven't seen a girl in two years. What do you really expect? I get that. But at the same time, I was kind of concerned, like, yeah, it's probably true. But I'm like, it bothers me that that would be the first reaction. Mm. It's interesting. I mean, in- there's an interesting idea that a girl's showing up, but then somebody calls dibs. Like, yeah. what is that supposed to mean? Let's get a grip on reality. Like, you haven't even seen her, and she's in a coma, so it's not like she's going to go talk to you. Right. Right. And that was fun. That's why I like Newt. Newt was like, put her under guard. Nobody goes near her. Let's keep her protected. (laughs) Newt is my my favorite character in the book so far. Chuck was my my favorite, and then he died. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. I hated that. A total Dobby moment, too. It was even a knife. No. (laughs) I didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean, he does, okay, so let's talk about Chuck. Chuck was like that typical, sweet, naive, doesn't fit in kind of character. He was which, only like 13, though. Too. Exactly. That was the worst. Exactly. I'll teach you a lesson about this kind of stuff. If a character is too sweet to be in the world, they're going to die. And if someone makes promises to that person that they're going to live, they're going to die. die. <laughs> These are things you have to look oh, out for. It was horrible, though. It was. It was. But I think Chuck, on some level, knew Thomas was important to the future. Mm-hmm. And so he made a noble sacrifice. And you know, there's no greater gift than laying down your life for your friends. So he did exactly that. He, he took the knife for Thomas. Now, what I thought was interesting was Galley's... So we're jumping way ahead. Let, let's go back and talk about some of the other scenes. And we'll get to that ending scene. Because I don't want to okay. go too far out of order. We don't have to discuss the whole book. Um, you're throwing... Okay, let's say there's a... There's a female version. You're not Teresa. There's a female version of the maze, and you you're in there. What do you, how do you deal with that situation? It kind of says this. Some of the, like the first day when they were all there, they were just walking around, crying, ignoring everybody. I think that would be the least the thing like I would be trying not to do at all. Okay. Because especially if I have a new kid, I wouldn't want to be labeled as the weak person, and people to come after me. And think I'm the one that they can be picked on. That's fair. You think you could resist that? Suddenly waking up with no parents and no memory? 
Oh, I'd be crying my eyes off in the box. As soon as it stopped, I'd like, try to pull myself together. I see. Okay. What about you? Um, I have this delayed processing I've noticed about myself over the years. So when, when stuff like that happens, I think I would be fine at first. Like at night? I'd be at, no, I'd be asking a lot of questions. I'd be trying to figure everything out. And then it would hit me about six weeks later. And that's when I would I would freak out and go nuts. And um, So that's that's probably right. I mean, when I even when I was a kid and, and big bad things happened, I kind of isolated it and didn't deal with it right away. And then I dealt with it later after, yeah. after it had a time to sink in and explode, which is probably not the healthiest way to go about it. But I didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be completely freaked out. The weirdest part is, like, they don't remember anything. You could be there with your brother or brothers and mm-hmm. not remember it. I ha- That would just be so sad. Right. Because you wouldn't even know. Exactly. What do you think about the kind of people that would do an experiment on children like this? I guess there may be some sort of, you can see the grand picture from further, from further on having read the books, but let's try to remember just from the first book's perspective. I think I kind of felt the way they did. What hap- Why would they do this? These people are wicked. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah, nice plan there. I got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, who would do that to kids? I mean, who would do it to any human being? Yeah. But children especially, right? So I'm, I'm even if Wicked turns out to be good, I'm kind of like, well, there's... I don't know if the ends justify the means. Like, you could volunteer to go be a test subject... And maybe all the maybe that's maybe they find out that all the kids did volunteer and they just don't remember. Now they're mad about it. I've seen those kind of stories before, but I'll I'll wait to see what happens in the future stuff. Mm-hmm. So towards the end, Thomas starts making these dastardly plans. Well, not dastardly. These plans to go forth and. Can you wind it back a little bit. I want to talk about the part where he goes into the maze and sure. saves Gally and Alby. Sure, let's go to no, that. No, me, no, and Alby. Did you think that was stupid, brave, or noble? That he went in. I think it was the right thing to do. I mean, what's he, to his point later, what's he going to do? Just sit there and laugh as they die? Rules are good, to a, but they can get in the way. Yes. Like, <laughs> there are cities making rules that you're not allowed to feed homeless, hungry people. I'm going to disobey that rule, mm-hmm. given the opportunity. If somebody is right there, and I have the chance to save their life, I don't care if the rule says you don't go into the maze at night. I'm going to see if I can do my best. Now, especially not knowing the dangers of the maze. Had I known the dangers of the maze, I might have been too cowardly to do it. Well, he knew by that point. He saw the grievers. Yeah, but he didn't know, no. He kind of had seen them, but didn't really grasp the danger. It was genius how, like, he ended up saving both of them in the end. Right. He saved Albie by tying him up in vines. Yeah, and I think that was, like, the catalyst to start to push people to go... Okay, we have these rules, but maybe they're not working all in our favor. You know, they, they gave him a day in the slammer. Um, and then they turned him into a runner. Right. And, and so I think <clears throat> had they had longer in the, in the glade, more people would have probably been like, okay, can I break the rules too and still, yeah. and still do good? It's kind of like if you break the rules and you ruin things, you're in trouble. But if you break the rules and you're successful, yeah. you might get punished a little, but you're going to get a benefit also. Don't get any ideas. Because <laughs> they both ended up making it in the end. Right. Well, Albie almost did. That was sad. Yeah. But I think having the knowledge I know, I know why he did it. Okay. Well, it, we'll have to discuss that something later. Something he remembered. 
Okay, we'll have to discuss that later. And, yeah. And We're allowed to spoil the first book. We are not allowed to spoil the rest <laughs> of the books until we make this part of the book club. Okay, back towards the ending scene. Mm-hmm. Everyone's finally getting out. We've gone through the whole griever nonsense. They figured they figured things out. I'm not sure why they the variable switched to killing one at a time, unless they really meant to try to push them out to figure out who was the yeah best. Like let's get to well that and let's get towards the end of this experiment. And yeah. If we keep supplying you all of your needs, you'll live there indefinitely. They weren't really they're trying to find the way through the maze, but they weren't really pushing hard enough to get out. When when the pressure comes, they move. What. Ha- do you think happened to the people that stayed? Uh, they probably stayed and died. Unless, they might have, if they told them about where the, the griever hole was and all the grievers got shut down, they might have come out later. But they're going to come out into that wicked office and where nobody is. Yeah. Maybe in the middle of nowhere, I don't know. And they're going to be in a world where, they, I mean, they're probably going to die then because they don't know where and how to survive. Yeah, that makes sense. So Albie goes and sacrifices himself thinking that they're only going to kill one. I thought that might work. But then on the other hand, I was like, eh, probably not. I knew knew it wasn't going to work. Right? So. It did distract him for a little bit, though. Yeah, but they didn't take advantage of it then. I thought the battle scene was kind of well written. Giving enough attention to Thomas noticing that everyone was dying, Mm -hmm. like, for him. um, To give him the Trusting him and Teresa enough to escape. Yeah. And I love the fact that he grabbed Chuck. Like, no, no, no. And he didn't just say... I'm keeping you safe. He said, we need you to guard our backs. He gave him a reason to come along. Do you think he actually meant that or just wanted to keep him out of the main danger? A little bit of both. So this is where like leadership principles can become dishonesty and manipulation. If he would have just said to Chuck, you're a coward or you're not going to make it, I want to protect you, then Chuck might have said, no, I'm tough, I'm going to do it. Yeah. But if he says, no, we need you to do this thing, then people are more likely to come along and do it. Now, if you, the question is, do you really need him? If you don't really need him, then you're manipulating him and being dishonest to get your own ends. They might have needed him, though. Like They didn't know. They, they didn't know what the, was going in yeah. there. They might have, I mean, Chuck might have had to sacrifice himself at that point to give them time to push the buttons. You know, so, and Grievers did start to come through, and if they wouldn't have had him to tell them the simple solution of push the button... Yeah. Why wouldn't you think of that? Because there's sometimes you get tunnel vision, where you're so focused on solving it in this way. I've, been, I've done that at work so many times. I'm going to solve this thing. And I bang my head against the wall. And then finally, I'm just going to go take a walk. And I stop thinking about it. And my brain ends up processing in the background and goes, you moron, try this simple solution you didn't think of. And so that's kind of what happened. They needed Chuck to do that. Otherwise, I mean, Chuck ended up saving the day. Yeah. So what did you think when they they came out into this lab, for lack of a better word? Um, why? Why were they in a lab? I didn't think of this at the time, but they're in a maze. They had to go up an elevator. Why would there be something surrounding them there? Well, it seems to me that they like the lab is underneath the glade. So they go off the hidey hole that's down. invisible down. Then So it's off there, in, off the cliff's edge maybe, or it doubles back underneath. That makes sense. Like when they never noticed. I'm not sure. Yeah. And that's how they were able to send people up through the... Shout. box or and supply the water like everything was built on this little island mm, that makes sense did they ever say like they could could they see all the way around or they could only see off the cliff what do you mean did they know what was 
on okay so let's say the cliff was on the north side mm-hmm. do they know what's on their east south and west if they go That's, to the different parts of like the different sections because there's eight different sections but it's just maze surrounding them then right? i think so okay so yeah, this thing could have been all underneath the maze, and that's where all the gears and everything operated mm-hmm. to shift the doors and stuff like that. Okay, so Chuck, we talked about good sacrifice there. Um, Galley shows up again. Did not see that coming. I assumed he had just gone out and died in the maze. He tells them that they control him. And we already know that they have the ability to control the boys in the glade because... Albie tried to choke himself when he tried to reveal what he saw oh, in the yeah, changing. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, is Galley responsible for killing Chuck? I don't think so. But going back to when they, when Albie tried to choke himself, why didn't they do that to Galley or Ben? Because I don't think they were revealing details. Hmm. They were just kind of cursing people out. And towards the end, maybe they did. Maybe they were controlling Ben to bite somebody because he said i was just crazy i was just crazy it won't happen again maybe he didn't realize they were controlling him and he thought he was just crazy but they were actually controlling him to attack thomas that makes sense and then thomas just beats galley to a bloody pulp but they never say he's dead (laughs) don't make faces um i don't know what you're gonna say i'm just gonna go with my thoughts here before you spoil anything they get rescued galley's left behind as far as i as far as i recall yes he may make a comeback Again, which I, I'm anxious to see, because I think he might make an interesting character. No, I'm not going to look at you. not going to look at you. All right, let's talk about the epilogue. There's a memo from a Wicked employee. She feels that there's an obvious leader who's emerged among the maze trials. Who do you think, uh, who would you choose as a leader and why? I don't think I can say without spoiling with the knowledge I know. Okay, that's fair. I think we're supposed to think she's talking about Thomas, but I think she's talking about Teresa. Don't know why, just because Thomas seems like the obvious choice, and this seems like something they're setting up to make you think one thing and shift you another direction. Um, because, um, partly just because of that reason, partly because I think her character is going to develop more later, and given that opportunity, she'll become she'll be able to rise up as a leader, having a little bit more, uh, maybe a little bit more of her memories. We're not sure. Yeah, because <clears throat> she did remember stuff. From the coma. And she also mentioned in that thing a group B. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, this is why you can't read ahead. I'm not going to do books where you've read ahead and we can't have we these discussions. Then don't pick the book. Fine. <laughs> or let me let me read the whole series and then we'll do it, I guess. We'll have to figure that out. Um, if you have suggestions on how to handle this, I'd love to hear it. Because <laughs> it's tough. She, she has an okay poker face. I don't know what, she's trying, what she would indicate if she could, but... It's just nuts because i got to run this thing on my own. So I'm wondering if there was a whole female group in, mm. in the maze for group B. I'm just not going to look at you and close my eyes. <laughs> There's a whole female group for group B and then maybe like the one boy who comes up at the end of group B. And like it's a very similar situation. And they're trying to understand how boys and girls would, would handle the situation differently. Um, depending on what kind of literature you read on the topic... There, there's maybe gender differences in how they would handle the dynamics there and how things would pan out. Um, so maybe there was just kind of experiment, experiment going on to, to determine whether boys or girls were different at handling various situations to help save the future. So that's that's my thought there. What do you think would happen if the flare struck now? So I don't know no, enough about the flare. It's some sort of post-apocalyptic desire thing. I'm actually talking about the sun flares. Okay, so what do they cause? Solar flares caused a disease, a disease of some kind? I It says it in the epilogue. Wait. So, the world is collapsing. Is that what yeah. you're kind of asking? <clears throat> so, 
so I think stuff starts to hit the fan quickly. Um, I think we drive as fast as we can to a place with guns, which is West Virginia, where we have land and guns we can kind of hide out in. Uh, because if if logistics shut down and there's not food, things get scary really quick. Like I used to really like po- post-apocalyptic stories, in like and dealing with that aspect. Now that conflict idea, I just drives me nuts. On the bright side, our grandparents is in West Virginia. They have a ton of food in their basement. That would get us through a week. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it. But we might be able to start growing some stuff and. You know, they know enough people that have those sorts of skills. We could band together, form a little commune. We could stay in that one house, too. Maybe. We'll see about that. Okay, so overall, what'd you give for a score for the book? Actually, sorry, maybe before we touch that, is there anything else you wanted to bring out? Um, what about some of the words? How would you, like, react if people started using those words around you? Now. Like in real life? Yeah. Are you, are you asking me if you No, can... I mean, like, if you were in the maze and people started using words you had no idea about. So they're swear words? Or just the other... Like... Just their made-up language. I just try to figure it out. If, I, if, it's, if it's so unclear that I'd have to ask, then I'd probably say, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I mean, I live in a world at my work where... I walk into a new company and everyone has their own vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And I've literally got to raise my hand and go, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? And trying to spell that stuff out. Usually I can f- figure things out, but there's a lot of things that are company specific that you just wouldn't guess. And so when that happens, I just ask. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's where, that's where I'd be with that. I thought it was hilarious how Chuck described the word um, clunk. Because that's the sound that it makes. <laughs> yeah. If you're asking me if we you can start... about that too. If you're asking me if you can start using that for swearing, I don't mind. You have to deal with your mother. <laughs> So as long as you're not using the real swear words, I guess, I, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> all right, overall score out of five. One being, no one should ever read this book. We should burn all the copies. No, I'm just kidding. Just didn't enjoy it at all. And five being, if I could force everybody to read this book, I would. Three being, it's a good book. It's a good book. I, I, it's okay. Maybe. Where would you put it? Four... And a quarter. <laughs> four. We don't do. I guess we can't do quarters. Oops. I guess we do, we can do quarters. Sorry, four and a quarter for you. Uh, I'm gonna go with a three. It it was a good introduction. I think I told you this in the car. It, this feels like a, a brazen attempt to sell more copies of a book. Mm-hmm. It, it is the first part of a book. It is not a complete book. I like if you're gonna write a trilogy, each each book should at least have, or at least the first book should have some closure something to pull you along this one had like no closure at all so there was there wasn't anything to to be happy about when it was done except i can start the next book and it drives me nuts did it have a pizza party okay <laughs> they had a pizza party they're home safe maybe i could let them walk off into the sunset not knowing what happened but this could have been written as two books maybe even a one or sorry one book as the whole and i would have been just as satisfied, I think. The author just wouldn't have made as much money. It's like mm-hmm. when they split movies into two when they don't need to. Mm. But that's just my opinion, and I'm arrogant, so what are you going to do? But it was good. I think it, it gives a good introduction, and I'm, I'm curious as to what happens with the rest of the series. So I'm curious enough that I'm going to bother to read it so that Zoe can, we can determine if Zoe can read it or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Anything else? 
Nope. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to share it with your friends and family. And rate it on your favorite podcast listener, however you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, that helps us out a lot. Uh, we, we haven't been get, getting a lot of traffic f- directly from those sources yet. And I think it's because we're not getting the ratings and their algorithm just says, if you get rated, we'll, we'll put you in front of other people. So we're on Google Play. We're on iTunes. We're out there for, gener- for uh, generous, for regular feeds and other places. So wherever you listen to us, go ahead and give us a review. It really helps us out. And go out and read some books with your family or friends. Build relationships. Give you something to talk about and topics to discuss. Books are things that just change your lives. And and our next book, for next month, if you're paying attention, is going to be Ender's Game. Uh, Laura brought it up this time. She had tried it before and, and didn't quite get into it. We're going to give it another shot. It's been a while since I've read it. But it's a great classic kid sci-fi movie. and or Sorry, sci-fi book and movie. And I think that's what we're going to do for our next month. So go ahead and get your copy now. You can go over to reading radio, reading-radio.com, check out our bookstore, and we've got links for various places on how to buy it. You can get it there, and then we can start discussing it, asking questions on the Facebook group that we can bring up in the future. Goodbye. Thanks, Thank everyone. Thanks, everyone.